Are you ready? Yes. I'm ready when you are. You got. You are too. you Are you ready for Freddy? Are you ready to rock? Freddy Fazbear? Yes, I am. Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. Make it so. My name is Aaron. This week is Star Trek Generations from 1994, directed by David Carson and written by Rick Berman, Ronald D. Moore, Brannon Braga, and based on Gene Roddenberry's work. Starring Patrick Stewart, William Shatner, Malcolm McDowell, and the rest of the Next Generation crew. Gates McFadden. And the guy who played Tuvok. <laughs> As himself. It was 73 years in the future, Joel. And that cat. He played his dad. His grandfather, his great-grandfather. I don't even know what time difference is because I don't even know what time that takes place in compared to this time in the movie. They didn't give a star date, did they? No. But the Enterprise B. They a star date to compare to the star date that Tuvok was part of. I don't know. And star date at the end of the movie. And then we can see how far All Next right. Gen is from what's going on in Voyager. Let's get some hard facts. Sure, somebody, somebody must know these details. <laughs> uh, by the way, I looked up what the uh, the in the beginning that Dom Perignon twenty two sixty five. I looked up what events occurred on twenty two sixty five. Okay, says the Klingons of the Federation signed a peace treaty, which they honored for the next three years. And it's when Kirk assumed command of the Enterprise for the first time. So, as like the start of it all year, I guess. Oh, so it's a vintage they're cracking that co- that coincides with his maiden voyage or whatever, like, for this maiden voyage on this trip. That's correct. Oh, and April Wade was born. What? Anyway. So Tuvok was born in the year 2,264. 2000, he was born in the year 2,264. So he was born the year before <laughs> Captain Kirk that, that, started the <laughs> or joined the uh, Enterprise as the captain. Th- look, look, man. Uh, no, no, I believe you. I mean, Klingon, Klingon or, or, excuse yeah, me, Vulcans. Vulcans live for, for a long time. Yes. Even yes. if they're half, right? That's right. I thought it was 20-something. It was 200, 2,200. 264. It's 2265 is what the, the champagne bottle the was. The vintage. <gasps> mm-hmm. Tuvok is older. Oh, he's older than the bottle. He's way older than Picard. So, um, maybe this is Tuvok's cousin. <laughs> Older cousin. I mean, it still could be. It, I mean, we were saying originally it's Tuvok's father, and then we changed it back. It still could be Tuvok's father. Oh, this is so. 
This is too much information being thrown oh, at Wait, me. no, it couldn't. it couldn't, because he would have to... This takes place like... Tuvok served underneath ca- could... Captain Sulu of the Excelsior. Wow. What if Tuvok... Uh-uh, what I don't believe this. Tuvok <laughs> is this guy's dad? Oh. Oh. And, like, he uh, had another human, so you can't see, like, really. It could be Tuvok's, like, great-great-nephew or something he like that. He looks younger than Tuvok, too. Yeah. That's it. We, we cracked it. Yeah, right that's here. Tuvok's son that looks identical to Tuvok, except You heard it here first on Please Don't Send Me Outer Space. See, I could talk. <laughs> I could do this Voyager <laughs> talk all day. I can't do the next-gen talk. I could do a little bit of next-gen talk. That's the thing. Why is that, Joel? I just didn't... I, I wasn't watching next-gen back in the day, and I never really got into, you know... So, like, if your dad was turning the TV on... I mean, we, just we lived in a non-science fiction house, oh. as, I, as I've said previously. Yeah, you have. You have. Yeah. Nobody watched it. Like, so your, your mom and dad just, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Trek was not I cool. remember when uh, UPN was coming out, you know, yeah. it was like, hey, Voyager is going to be on here. Like, wow, it's a new Star Trek. I got I to check this out. That's going to watch all my, my Xena and Hercules, dude. Yeah. UPN, man. Yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch <laughs> Star Trek. And I'm going to watch Platypus Man. Oh, yeah. And Nowhere Man. And <laughs> I remember doing, like, a facepalm, like, moment. Because there was a TV guide that came out that said, Come along and ride on a fantastic Voyager. And it had, like, her on the cover of it. And I was like, why? You were like, a woman can't be a captain. No, I just thought it was a stupid thing to, like, reference that song, because then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I had to fight someone on the playground over that. What? Really? Well, not over that, but over Janeway. Really? Yeah. I didn't get in, like, a fist fight, but I told him what's what. SJW on the playground. Nice. This guy. This guy. Nice, Aaron. Good looking out. Represent. <laughs> Ladies can't be captains. I was like, yeah, right. Janeway's just as good as Picard, Kirk. <laughs> She's better. better than Kirk. Better. Go back, go back in time and say your response should be, and I thought idiots couldn't talk, but apparently you proved me wrong. Oh. Burn. Set phasers for burn. So this is Star Trek month. This is, we decided this is Star Trek month. We're going to go through the next generation movies. So... Following this one is uh, First Contact, right? And then Insurrection. And then uh, Nemesis. But Love. Uh, or, sorry, uh, yeah, Nemesis. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the other one's called. <laughs> it's Nemesis, yeah. You are my Nemesis. Or it could be Nemesis, then Insurrection. I, I could be wrong on that. Order. I think it's. I think Insurrection is 98, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the other one is 2002. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, 2002. Nemesis. But, yeah. And that was, we just randomly decided to do this. I mean, we haven't touched on Star Trek. We haven't touched on Star Wars, for that matter, except for when we watched the newer movies. Uh, it, it seemed like a good time, especially since Aaron took that full journey recently through the next gen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You recently rewatched all of it? Every single episode. I can't remember. I, some of them, some some of it was used just as therapy. Like, at the end of the day, I wanted something to watch to fall asleep to. Mm-hmm. So... I definitely, I can say I started every episode at least once. Yeah. I might have fallen asleep during some, but uh, uh, yes, I went through seasons one through seven uh, consecutively over the last year. I don't know if I've told you this, Aaron, but um, my friend Anna also told me I had been watching Next Gen, mm-hmm. 
And she had been watching Next Gen, and you had been watching Next Gen. No way. And I talked to her about it, Uh and I was like, doesn't it just make you feel a little better in these hard times that we're living in? And she was like, yes, exactly. That's why I started watching it. makes you feel like everything is going to be okay. Like, it's, like, something about Next Gen is just, like, they're all about diplomacy and, like, you know, reaching out and being humanitarians and stuff, and it's just like warm blanket, like nailed from it. Your youth, like you're just like, ah, oh, this feels good. A yeah. warm blanket of fiction. Mm-hmm. I definitely started watching it because I wanted a happy. I wanted to think about a happier future. A positive, a positive. yeah, totally. Uh, at the beginning of 2017, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it did. It, it didn't do me wrong. There were maybe a couple of episodes where I groaned a little bit. And you know what? I, I found I found that the things that people usually groan about, like Wesley, didn't really bother didn't really bother me personally as much as uh, a lot of people uh, feel about young the young boy. Wesley doesn't bother me. The way Picard acts around Wesley <laughs> bothers me. Like, He's so anti kid. It's so it's just like I can't deal with this. <laughs> That's something that really surprised me about this movie, because he was like, I could have had children. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, you like you like kids ah, to Genesis. the degree that you could possibly it's, want? It's, it's his fantasy life, you know? Generations. It's not reality. He couldn't actually <laughs> love a child. generations. Yeah. <laughs> Picard's generations. Mm. The I- name, the name must go on. Yeah. His his uh his his lady in the Nexus kind of had a very uh, uh Doctor Crusher kind of feel about her too, which was kind of kind of funny. Like like he may, maybe couldn't end up with her, so he's like, "All right, I'll just find the next best thing. Who, who looks like her?" I felt like I'd seen her before. <laughs> like I don't know. Oh, like if she was like a, a previous I don't character. Know. Let me see. Well, I'm, he like, kind of like didn't he reference fantasies like this in the show? Like. I can't confirm that, unfortunately. Why not, Aaron? I thought you were the expert. I am. Let's let's be straight here. I'm no Star Trek expert. I just enjoy it. It's fun. Did you know that the Frankie can whip people with their whips? (laughs) Fact. (laughs) Fact, Joel. Frankie. Yeah, where were the Frankie in this episode? I just remember in the in the action figure packaging that they came with those. It's for it's for whipping their women though. It's not, it's not to do that. They also have clothes, by the way. In the in the yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, what? So there was no Ferengi. Are they? I mean, have you seen the uh, of the traditional species of alien other than human in in the Trek universe? You have Guidance species represented Klingons. I can't remember the name of the blue faced. Species that kind of has like the small kind of parted ridge, line ridge. Yeah, I, I forget the name of the species, but they they, they show a few of those. Uh, none of the fuzzy blue antennae dudes either showed up. Uh, there weren't any uh, Vulcans at all in this one, were there? None, none, no, none, saw, not a zilch. I saw Romulan. Yeah, Romulan. Yep, and yeah, at least uh, one dead Romulan. Definitely some. <laughs> Some uh, Klingons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no, uh, I gotta say, uh, I, I I knew I recognized one of those Klingons on the bridge, mm-hmm. and it's the guy who plays Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, 
this, this actor. Oh, yeah, it's that dude. I saw him, too. <laughs> I was like, where do I know that guy from? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, why do I remember anything? There was oh. definitely one half Betazoid in this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, we definitely have Betazoid. <laughs> Whatever species Guinan is. Yeah, whatever um, guy. Yeah, we should look that up Guinan too. And see what McDowell's it is. character. Are we to assume that Guinan's character is the same species as uh, Malcolm McDowell's yes. character? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. He actually either names name drops their species to Jordy at one point, mm. uh, or he at least explains what what the what what their species cherishes, which is learning from others. We cherish delicious listening. snacks. Listening to others. Mm. So I'm going to listen to you tell me everything you know about trilithium. Oh, yes. The all-important trilithium. I've heard of dilithium. But, uh, yeah, that trilithium is pretty important, huh? Then, of course. I think it's powerful, whatever it is. Mm. Out of all the species, of course, uh, there is the species of Captain, which there are at least two... <laughs> <laughs> There's three. Three! three. Hey. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't forget Captain... Captain... Uh, what's his character's name for Ferris Bueller? Oh. <laughs> oh. Anyway. I wonder if he had to bring the Enterprise B back and, and reverse the odometer. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's never... He's like, okay, Mr. Rock, turn in your badge. Captain Harmon, or Harriman. Harriman. There we go. Did, did the Enterprise B fall out of the garage and at that Su- point? Sulu's daughter. <laughs> Picard uh-huh. and Crusher having a kiss. Oh yeah. Um Oh there's that one in first season when they when they get that uh that sex fever when they're like oh, in the yeah. elevator together. She's like, Maybe we should do something. It's like, ah I uh I gotta go. <laughs> no, I don't know what to do. I felt like while we were watching uh Star Trek Generations, I had more like self referential like uh, Trek episodes flashing in my mind. At this point, uh-huh. my mind seems blank. But 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 yeah, a lot of little things here and there kept reminding me of things from the show. Right. Uh, I kept thinking about the the episode, of course, where where uh, where Picard lives an entire lifetime as an, as a, one of the alien species, where he learns to play the musical instrument and whatnot. And uh, yeah, just reminded of a bunch of things. He learns to play the flute, so the, the, the recorder, the recorder he's yeah. always trying to play. But it's different. It's from a different species, Joel. I didn't know. It's, it's from far away. It's, co- it's called a clerk Far, far away. A long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. Future times, past times, whatever. It's a it's different It's called a lightsaber. Future from, times, past times. It's from the neutral zone, Joel. Oh, no. <laughs> the neutral zone. That's where the Romulans hang out for some reason. <laughs> Well, nobody's allowed in the neutral zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. How could we forget? What? This, the opening of the this holodeck, movie. dude. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't like it. I was very upset. <laughs> Do you not want to? But I you, was like, surely that's in a later movie. No, they just start out right out the bat. Ah, we're on the the bridge of the Enterprise, which is a, is a boat now. But that's one of the things that separates Next Gen from the original is the fact that there's this magical room where you can go anywhere. Mm. You can go anywhere! Yeah. Mm. I like the also idea... Data. <laughs> data! I like the idea of the hollow deck, and I... And I really enjoy Next Gen. But there's something about some of these movies that just doesn't... 
It's like they're trying to make a longer episode of Next Gen with, like, bigger budgets. Yes. But, like, it's like there's something that doesn't quite work as a movie for me. This is a this is a complaint I've heard yeah. several times over. And about- I, I enjoyed watching this a lot, but I definitely could see... I feel like I've seen moments of it when I was younger and I was, like, not interested. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what, but maybe like when Data was having emotions or whatever, and I was like, I don't know if I want to get fully into this, and like just left the room or something. <laughs> Forget this. What's he <laughs> laughing about now? Star Trek was a, a very important thing in, um, as you know, I'm not trying mm-hmm. to say it wasn't important no, in any, anyone, no, else, anyone else's household, it. but it, but it, but it, but in my 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 household growing up was very important. So this movie, this movie was was amazing, but also super rough for young Aaron because it's like, you know, my parents really enjoyed the original show. I mean, they enjoyed, they enjoyed next gen just as much, but I feel they more often watched original Trek. So, yeah. so, so the events that occur in this movie, I remember when I saw this in the theater, it was just like, <gasps> what? Yeah. And then, and then, and then when, yeah. So there, there were some things that just, that really hit home for me spe- specifically, and like I remember my my mom and her twin dressed up as uh, Starfleet uh, officers to go to go see this in the theater together, and it was just That's it was awesome. intense. It was so intense. Mm. So you're trying to talk around something without spoiling it? Well, I think good. well because this movie is ninety from ninety four. It's, uh, it's ninety years old. Oh, I can use <laughs> it's a thousand years old. I can speak plainly then. Yes. Okay. Spoil it. Well, obviously, the Enterprise D crashes, which is just—I mean, for me, like I had a—I had this like model diecast toy model kit that could disengage the mm-hmm. the saucer section yes. from the rest of the ship. Like you see this thing come crashing down, and it's just horrific. And your heart yeah. also crashes with it. I, and like the whole time, I was just like in disbelief. Like they could fix it, right? They could. They could they could rebuild it like I just kept think, I kept thinking you know there has to there be has an to enterprise be. yeah and then of course when uh when uh Captain Kirk died yeah which, that must which, have been which part of me was like I was just like oh they'll just get back in the Nexus and like and like get him again or or you know mm-hmm. I, I kept <laughs> Nexus went by <laughs> or the other thing too I was thinking I was like I was like but they've got like super medicine they could just save him like <laughs> yeah they really they really could I mean he he, he calls down that that thing but. I think because the uh, because the Enterprise has been destroyed, it doesn't really have. They didn't have any medical resources. Cauterizes wounds with his phaser. <laughs> Truthfully, I was surprised that Picard chose to jump back into that moment in time. Yeah, like maybe he could have gone a little bit further back yeah. and no, come no, no. up with a better solution <laughs> for this problem. But it was like, no, do or die right then on the cliffside. That's where I want to go back to. When I had like a minute to figure it out. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> this is what a young Aaron was thinking as well. <laughs> he Why didn't they just go back to the point where like the evil mad scientist is happens to be in uh you know the bar and yeah. just be like take him to the brig. Yeah. Boom. He could have figured it out. Who knows what would have happened? <sighs> now what what should he should have done is uh, yeah reappeared back. And the bridge and just been like, launch torpedoes at the station. <laughs> I just feel... What? <laughs> I feel that having Captain Kirk around would probably be kind of important, maybe for, like, reasons. No, I'm glad but he's dead. But just having him, like, <laughs> die on a piece of metal flying off a mountain. 
I don't know. I just don't. I don't like, and maybe I'm putting too of much thought. All the, of all the situations he's been in in his career, this is the one that that killed him. This is, that's how we wanted to go. Can they freaking clone him? I don't. I don't holding onto on a piece of metal, flipping over rocks, <laughs> um, and being crushed. Uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, I feel. I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, I think that this is, <laughs> it's hard to see William Shatner now for me without thinking of things I've heard about William Shatner. Yeah, Because he's kind of notorious in oh, that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and no disrespect, I definitely love Star Trek and yeah. I like Captain Kirk. I think that's awesome. But when I was watching this, I was thinking... Was this part of the agreement? You know, did were they like, <laughs> yes, um, you'll be in this, but so and so doesn't want to work with you, or yeah. like, yeah, you can ride a horse. Like, <laughs> what exactly were the terms? And <laughs> I want to chop wood. <laughs> I'll do it, but I'm gonna chop wood, and there has to be a part where I'm riding a horse. Mm. There was an old Star Trek magazine we got. At work one time, mm-hmm. way back in the day, uh, and and there, as you're flipping through it, there's just these photos of like the cast in their costumes: Uhura, Sulu, uh, you know, Chekhov. Mm-hmm. And then it gets this one page, which is Captain Kirk, and one of the panels is like him at his ranch, and and he's like he's on this like motorcycle, but he's not riding on it; like he's just like standing over the motorcycle, mm-hmm. like about to ride off on it, and he's shirtless. But he has like an archery bow and arrow, like 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 fully fully poised to fire off an arrow while he's like sitting Wait, on a motorcycle. This is a photograph. Yes, it's a photograph. I, oh my god! I used to I I, I took a, a a photo of it on my camera phone, but this was a you know when I had like a razor or something like I don't have yeah. I don't have the photo anymore. But it William was one that made Shatner. me it made me laugh. <laughs> William Shatner on a motorcycle yep. with a bow and arrow, yes. shirtless. Shirtless. <laughs> no, but this is at his prime, though. So it's like before, before he was like, you know, really trying to keep the tummy from from showing. <laughs> you know, he because uh, apparently there was some some trek where he was really before the Delta Quadrant exta- expanded. There you go. Mm. Be- before the. <laughs> Before the neutral zone became uninhabitable. Yeah. Yes. 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 I, uh... But this is a great photo that I think about, I think about William Shatner every now and then. Just like, this is, this is what he wanted people to like. When I'm not, when I'm not filming Star Trek, this nerd show, I'm on the farm shooting arrows off my motorcycle. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this is what he wanted people to know. This is my, yeah, this is what I do in my free time. Yep. When I'm not acting... I mean, what do you guys do with you in your free time? Don't you ride around shirtless on a motorcycle? Come on. I yeah. guess if I was William Shatner, I would. I, I want road rash. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fall, down. I wanna fall down and get marks all over my back. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I was, I kept, maybe it's just because of how much time he spent with Priceline. But every time he was riding a horse or doing some really action thing in this movie, I was thinking about like him. I've got to seal the deal. Get the quote. I've got to get discounts. <laughs> the discounts. You know, a long time ago, my ex boyfriend got that spoken a spoken word album that he did called Has Been, mm-hmm. and it was like this self aware by bi- like bio 
biographical, like, poetry spoken word with, like, jazz music. And, like, he is basically saying, like, I'm a has-been. Like, there's parts in it that are, like, yeah, like... I'm at the point in my life where people are saying this about me or whatever. But it's like, he fully, like, owns that That's by cool. the fact that he's, well, I don't know. I'm like, he's doing, like, Priceline and stuff now. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's, like, a like funny for him or, like, if it's a bummer or what. But, like, I do think that he's, uh... He's a character. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, the good, the bad... The the Shatner. Yeah. You know, he exists. He did a paintball movie. He did? Yeah. Some, when? Uh, early 2000s. I have it on DVD somewhere. Uh, I have not fully watched it. Wow. But it's definitely him kind of talking and walking through the woods and, like, shooting kids with paintball guns. So Amazing. take that with what you will. It's a documentary. Yeah. Let's talk about this movie, guys. Generations. I mean, how do you feel about the crew? This man, this movie was about Picard and Data. I feel like those. I feel like those were the the characters that were getting out. Like, I wanted more Riker. I wanted Riker to do something. Yeah, Riker fired on that ship. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, did, he had the, he had the heroic captain moment, which is yeah. good. Um, Fire photon torpedoes. I feel like it started off in one place with that other ship, and then it goes forward, and then you're kind of introduced to the next-gen cast again. And then from there, it's like Picard, and yeah, there's there's Data. Data and Geordi, like, decide to do this random thing, and... I don't know why. He just wanted them off the ship. <laughs> Jordy's driving me crazy. Tell, tell him and Data to get off the ship. Jordy, Jordy puts the emotion ship back into Data, and I don't think that was a good idea. I mean, Data wants it because he doesn't have a sense of humor. I felt like it was just a moment where they wanted to show, like, we got a bigger budget. Like, yeah. some of this movie had a lot of that going on. Like, like when they show the data chip, it's, like, floating CG. Like, yeah. And, like, you can see all those different light variations and shadows coming off of it as it's floating around. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, there's a couple things like that in this movie that you're just kind of like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You, we got a budget here, don't we? Yeah. The ship. Like, the, <laughs> the boat at sea. Yeah. And then, like, the part where the crash happens and stuff. The crash was awesome. Yeah. I I think that that is really cool. It looks amazing. Nowhere near as impactful as the first time I saw it when I was a kid. I was just like, I was heartbroken. Big screen, right? Yeah, I was heartbroken. In theater, (laughs) yeah. yeah, yeah. But but still, nostalgically, as I was sitting here watching it, I was like, yeah, I remember being pretty (laughs) broken (laughs) by the end of this movie. Yeah. Right. Well, it's high stakes in this movie. They've got, like, life or death situations, and, like, you could potentially end up in some vortex or destroy a whole solar system, or I don't even know. Like, basically, there's a part where they think a planet might get destroyed and they want to help people, but then it turns into this thing of, like, maybe everybody's going to die because they crash the ship. 
and they're trying to do so many different things. That's mm. how I feel this movie is. It's like they're trying to do, they're trying to, um, deal with the Klingons that have this power supply or whatever it is. And then they've got the, uh, Malcolm McDowell bad guy who. <laughs> Sauron. <laughs> Who looks like Kiefer Sutherland <laughs> styled in Lost, Lost Boys. Yeah. And, um, future, future Kiefer Sutherland Lost Boys. Yeah. And then... Uh, Sauron. Sauron. The things that are most memorable to me about this are the Nexus and people talking about it. Like, the cliffside thing sticks with you, but really, like, it's about... The Nexus. <laughs> yeah. It and is. A, and about what pe- people are willing to do to get back to yep. the Nexus. It's everything you wanted. Everything. Everything you ever wanted. Why would anyone want to leave? Seems like a strange phenomenon. Like, nobody's ever heard of it before. And then when it, it occurs, it destroys those ships in the beginning. Like, and no- nobody's, like, studying it afterwards or anything like that. At least as far as I know. Did they ever give a brief explanation as to how Sauron and Guinan first inhabited the Nexus? I didn't see anything. Like there was nothing, that. right? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember Guinan really explaining how how she got caught up in it. Just explaining how it worked, essentially, right? Maybe it swooped through their planet. You know, I think so. Since, since they're the same species, and yeah. like everyone was on this thing. But yeah, I have no idea. I don't, uh, the, the thing that I feel is most affecting in this movie is, uh, Patrick Stewart's performance, you know, when he finds out that that his, his nephew died, you know, and he has that quiet, like I was asking you guys, I didn't feel like in the Star Trek I've seen, I've ever seen him like have to perform like that. And it was just quiet. It's him and Deanna Troy and he's, he's breaking down and he's trying his hardest not to. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was emotionally affecting to me. Like, I, I felt, I really felt the emotion from the character. And yeah. then later when he's in the Nexus and he's he's living this beautiful life, you know, and his children, and it's like, oh, my God, that is heartbreaking. Because he's, like, it's it's not real. It's, it's fictional, a, yeah. And he could choose to do, you know, to live there for the rest of his life or for whatever. But he, he feels that, like, he's, he's Captain Picard to the end, you know. It's duty <laughs> before everything else. That's that's attitude is what kept him away from that kind of life in the first place, and but it, it is it's crushing, it's crushing when that little girl or whatever the little boy's like, Dad, come help me build my ca- my my castle or whatever, and he's like, I will, I have to do something, you know. It's like ah, yeah, ah. Patrick Stewart, you can be my father. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dress like a urchin from. <laughs> From I don't know a Christmas story, whatever it is. I liked uh, I liked the decor difference between Picard's home and 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 Shatner's. Like, oh my god, you're just down the street from each other. Too. Yeah, it's a little down the street in the next Nexus Drive, whatever you want to call it, Nexus Avenue. It's like a combination of a cabin <laughs> in the woods meets like an '80s like slick bachelor pad yeah. or something. Yeah, it's, it's got kind of like weird. the. The b- vertical bl- the blinds and the like clean countertops and stuff. The little mementos here and there. The padlet skylight above the bed. I guarantee it. Oh yeah, giggity. Yes, 
Well, how come he, Kirk was living in like places that actually existed in his past? Was he? But, but well, Picard but, never had a home. I, I think I think Picard's is more fictional in the sense that he never had. Well, I I, I, I feel I, like that's even sadder. <laughs> it is really. It is sadder. It is sadder. It's like Kirk. Kirk definitely had some good moments in his life because he was like, I get to relive them, you know, like, and I can maybe change some things and and exist in those. But like, Picard's was just like fully fictional. Mm. Probably just the his 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 duty, mm-hmm. his duty to Starfleet. Yes. He didn't imagine himself as a detective. I wake up every day to pull my shirt down to continue. <laughs> he has a duty uh, that is paramount. He must be on his diplomatic mission and... Um, you are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I think his career was important to him, too. I think he doesn't really talk about that much, but it's obvious that he was more devoted to what he was doing in his work than in really fostering personal relationships with people because he doesn't have that many friends or like no. or girlfriends or whatever. His Starfleet officers became his family essentially. Yeah. Yeah. As much as much as he loved his 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 family on Earth, uh, you know, they they were just as important to him. Well now the line of Picard is dead though, right? You know, his nephew Died in a fire or something like that, so maybe they can clone him. Yeah, you know, future tech. Eh, who knows? Mm. I'm sure they'll run into some alien that'll, you know, grant them three wishes. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the impact of, like, seeing the, the ship destroyed yeah. and seeing uh, Kirk die at the end. Well, before that... You basically see all of the next generation crew die. Yeah, and the gravitational was wave that an crushed. impact? Like because yeah. you oh, didn't no, know no, he no, was no. going to go back that, in time. Well, that happened. Yeah, well, the, the ship crashes, and then uh-huh. you see them all like escaping from the top of the ship. Mm-hmm. As so, yeah, it was definitely. Like, it was like, did they really do that? That's well, what I can imagine. Well, because the thing, yeah, when I first saw this movie, by the time Picard meets Kirk, I was like, what does it matter? <laughs> Even if you did go back, like, like the gravitational, the sun has died. The planet's not there anymore. The, the, the inhabited, the inhabited planet in this solar system that's like you know pre-industrial uh, age or whatever. What? They're dead too. Like everyone's dead. <laughs> like. <laughs> it's you, Sauron, and Kirk. That's it. They pop out of the Nexus and, like, just in the middle of space. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, they could have jumped back they could have far gone. enough to save the Enterprise. Yeah, they could have done anything. Yeah. They could have done anything, and they decided to. I part of me thinks is no, because Kirk didn't know. So this is like it's it's a kind of a flaw in this movie, in my opinion. Mm. Just in the sense that 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 I feel Picard would have chosen something a little bit more. Of a of a secure path than 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 where he goes back, uh, but I don't know. See, yeah. I, I felt there should have been like some some part of the nexus that says, "Well, we can take you back, but only you know yeah, five there's minutes." Some rule or some place where yeah. the nexus is going to appear. Maybe that maybe that's the rule. Like uh, like it had to be a place where the nexus actually was going to okay. touch. But I I don't know. Yeah, it's just I just feel there should have been whatever. some mouthpiece of the Nexus explaining, "Well, we can take you back, but it can only be to here." Yeah, Q Th- Q could have shown up and been like, "Hello." <laughs> Does Q know about the Nexus? Oh man, I hate Q. Yeah, he's a trickster. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say I don't love Q. Yes, but 
He's fun. He's uh, a puckish character. I don't think he's fun, because I don't know why he he's, his entire purpose is to, like, put them into life-threatening situations and then be well, like, without I Q, changed my mind. Without Q, mm-hmm. the Enterprise would have never met the Borg to begin with. Yes, I which remember. Would, which, would, which, which is, I feel, the Federation's greatest adversary. Right. Yes. Do you think that, I mean, I don't know. anyways, we'll find out next movie. No, the Borg is so scary as, we'll a bad, as a bad guy. Yeah, but what about Malcolm McDowell, though? He's pretty scary. Mm, he's just <laughs> one dude who wants to go somewhere. <laughs> one dude his on motives are so, as far as, vi- as far as villains are concerned, yeah, unfortunately not as, I mean, obviously willing to destroy entire solar systems to meet his goal. Mm. Pretty evil, but selfish. Mm. Yeah. Totally selfish. It came off as much more evil than the Klingons that he was using. Like they, oh, they, they, they felt they, so they cartoon. Yeah. They were yeah. so cartoon to him. But that's like first season Star Trek Generation. They're, yeah. They're all like, oh, we're, we're just a bunch of goofballs. Yeah, that was really comic booky or something. Like, I could see panels... Drawn of like those girl, uh, like human women are that, so disgusting. I know, I know. <laughs> the, the, it still made me laugh. Though. Yeah, that still made me laugh. I'm sorry. Yeah, I like the idea that aliens' aesthetics are, you know, <laughs> so far from from our own. <laughs> it's like in the Planet of the Apes when he's like, "I'd like to give you a kiss." She's like, "You're so damn ugly." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's great. It's yeah, great. It's, it's it's great. It's fun. It's it's the kind of part of sci-fi. It's the part of sci-fi I like. The idea that you can detach from from reality. Yeah. See a different perspective. Mm. Yeah. So, um, it's basically like <laughs> Guinan and this guy. What was his his name? Soran. Soran. Their world got destroyed by the Borg. Uh, that's what they said, yeah. They said, yeah. like, uh, when Picard was talking to him on uh, the desert island they were on or whatever. Like, uh, what does he say? Something specifically, like, if you go back and... I know your world was destroyed by I the I know Borg. what you're thinking, yeah. I know what you've gone through or whatever. He's like, I don't care about that. I want to go back to this heroin planet I was living on in the Nexus. Oh, man. Sauron's just some crazy junkie waiting to ride his wave, huh? Yeah. This, um, there's, I'm looking at the Guinan Wikipedia page. Oh, no, nice, nice. What, um, what facts can you tell us? Tell, tell says, us what happens in that four-issue miniseries about Guinan. Guinan has stated <laughs> that, um, the Borg destroyed her home world and people. They were scattered throughout the universe. That's where she learned to make cocktails. She was between 500 and 700 years old when she joined the Enterprise. Mm. Um, 700 years old when you, you are. No, what? Mm. Okay, I'm not going to say anything about that because that's in Nemesis. Oh, man. But um, it says that... Uh, <laughs> Spoilers! I haven't seen Nemesis. I'm pretty I excited. Think, I don't know if I have either. I saw Patrick Stewart hyping it, though. That was pretty fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that. Yeah, no problem. Um, Whatever you want. Yeah, I was just seeing if there's a part that explains exactly, like, what happened when they got into the Nexus. Um, What do you mean it was a party? Heavily implied that her unusual abilities 
regarding the flow of time are related to her connection to the Nexus. Oh. That's cool. Guinan reflects that her Nexus self exists outside of time and is aware of all possible alternatives. Interesting. Thus, she is able to influence her other selves towards some central goal even she may not be able to perceive. So Kirk and Picard are alive forever inside this Nexus Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, like, that, at the least we could say that Kirk is definitely alive there since he was there for a number of years. Picard. I mean, there's a, since it exists outside of time, who knows how long Picard was there. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Spinning, spinning in his chair surrounded by Christmas lights with a blindfold <laughs> on. While Kirk just kept chopping wood for 74 years. <laughs> yeah, 74, whatever, 70 years 73, later. 73, whatever, yeah. He's still chopping the wood that he was chopping when he got there. He went back in time to when Kirk first arrived there. He'd been there for oh, that's right. years. Right, because time doesn't really right. exist in the Nexus. Exactly. So. He said it's going to feel like the exact same time, like he just got there, too. Yeah. That way you rip the bandage off right there, you know. There you go. Guinan could have been the one to explain that, oh, you can go back, but... But only five minutes before. Yeah, I mean, we, I, she did probably. We were just chatting, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we were talk we were talking pretty hardcore this in this one. It just it's this movie spawns so many ideas yeah. and so many like silly things, but also like like wait, what? This could be a thing, like ideas. Um, well, I kept thinking about the episode where where Kirk goes or where Picard goes home. And like and like gets in this like confrontation with his brother. Me too. I just watched that not very long oh, okay, ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. And then. he's like, Yeah, you could use your knowledge to help us make this agricultural thing for the family winery or whatever the heck it is. Zutalo. I assume he's French, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. They're both French. Okay. No, oh the- they're, the they're costumes, brothers. The costumes, the costumes. Yeah. They're yeah. French men from the countryside, and they wear these futuristic costumes. Futuristic beret. Futuristic <laughs> 80s costumes <laughs> for farmers. Yeah. In France. I liked I liked their uh, their Christmas get-ups, the, the Christmas finery in this movie that they're wearing. Mm. Very kind of like... Super futuristic retro, 18th century. <laughs> One of those kids should have been like, I had a jetpack. Because they, I mean, they definitely didn't have the old style toys. Maybe that wasn't his wife. Maybe the reason I'd seen her before mm. was because it was his brother's wife. Oh. Well, it says uh, in the credits she's listed as the wife, but I don't know. His wife? Yes, as Picard. Picard's wife, yeah. But, but Picard's their last name. Oh, yes, it could have been the other part. I, I mean, there's not... I don't think so. I think it was supposed to be Jean-Luc's wife. I yeah. think so, too. But I... It just it just made me laugh how much she resembled Gates McFadden. Mm-hmm. Like 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 Jean Luc couldn't marry uh, yeah. Crusher, so he's like, I'm gonna find someone who looks I like have her a type. A type. Yeah. She's my type. In my imagination, I'll create a woman mm. I who need is the per- not Crusher. <laughs> the perfect- Your imagination has limits. Like, wouldn't it just be married to Crusher? <laughs> like, if if time and space. She, he and- doesn't want. He doesn't want Wesley as a stepson. <laughs> 
That's the one thing holding Wait, I love per- her, but Wesley, I cannot. Get out. In the perfect life, Wesley doesn't exist. <laughs> so maybe that's why that's why he was so happy when that alien took Wesley at the end of the show. Wait, what? I was gonna ask what happened to Wesley. Why oh, here, here, I'll tell you. Why wasn't I'll tell he on? you. Well, the traveler, the traveler. Uh, basically, I don't know what that means. All right, all right, all right. So early on in the show, okay, Wesley, Blue, Blue's Wes- traveler shows up. Wesley figures out this like super secret space travel uh, thing. That's he, that's a technical term. He's able to fart in the space and it transports him wherever he wants. Basically. Okay, cool. Basically. But this alien shows up and he's like he's basically tells Wesley he's like, You're figuring it out, man. And then <laughs> and then in season seven Does he do a backflip? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They do like crazy eyes back and forth at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that time he almost yeah, made out with yeah. that furry weirdo creature that was uh, it was a young girl, and then it turned into no. Anyway. <laughs> oh man, you, I just got reminded of when uh, we're watching this movie and the scene where 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 Kirk tells him to to beam them all aboard, mm. and how it reminded me of. Uh, of that one episode of Next Gen where Picard beamed up all the Irish people yeah, from the Irish planet. Like all the Irish <laughs> all, all the people. Irish people. What about our potatoes? The Irish planet. The Irish planet. Oh my god. And it's like <laughs> such a culture clash for them because they're so, you know, sophisticated, sophisticated. and they just want to like party Let's and listen drink to and music fight and drink and, and dance. Yep. And O'Brien, is that his name, O'Brien? O'Brien, yep. O'Brien's like, no, I get this. Like, this is- he's having to try to be the liaison or whatever yep. between them. But where I was going with with Wesley. Okay, the Traveler. So basically, yeah, the Traveler. Mm. And so basically by the end of the show, there's this Native American planet no, that they find. No, no, no. I don't want There's to hear any American planet. I'm never watching the show. And and basically it's <laughs> we we find out that, that Picard's ancestor uh, had done something wrong. He was a Frenchman who had who had uh who perhaps had betrayed the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. And so so the, one of the native leaders one of the native one of the native leaders says says you know, he's he's like, you can correct this 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 wrong. Because basically they were telling them they had to leave this planet Isn't because Chicote? the no, no. Because <laughs> there's an episode where he's talking this isn't a- about their spirit animals. This is pretty close to <laughs> But basically, long story short, the traveler is hiding as a Native American in the society. And he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's ta- and, and basically he's, he's slowly like, like befriending Wesley. And then he pauses, he pauses everything. He presses the space bar. And everyone stops, and he walks up to Wesley and transforms into the Traveler, and he's like, it's time. It's time for you to come with me. Oh, that is weird. such a crazy writing thing that just, they yeah. did for Wesley. Just write him off the show. Yeah, I mean, it's much. towards the end, anyways. Yeah. yeah. It's like in Cowboy Bebop, well, when like, each of the characters like go off on their he's own like, thing. He's like getting this like this discontent with the Academy. Yeah. And he's and he's like, his grades are dropping. Uh, he ain't doing good. Uh, so basically Picard's worried about him. Everyone's worried about him, but they can't do anything because it's like, you know, he's an adult now and he's got to figure out what he wants to do with his own life. Yes. You know, kind of a thing. No, he's a genius, so. I watched that episode not too long ago, too, where he and Picard get trapped in that, (gasps) like. shuttle? Yeah, they're like. Oh my gosh. They are in that cave. Yeah, the cave with that that guy is like, fire the phaser. I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) 
Because, but oh, he's no. like, he has like a secret booze thing and he's drinking it yeah. like water. And Picard's like, no, don't do that. Yeah. You're going to be dehydrated. It's mine. It's mine. You're going to steal it. Yes. And Picard's yes. like dying under and a rock. Like <laughs> and he's like dying. And he's like, Wesley. I wanted to tell you that I'm so proud of you. Like in case I in case I die. I still hate you probably, but, but I'm gonna die. <laughs> For the moment right now. I want you to know that I am yes. proud of you. Wesley, there's a there's a bin under under my bunk. I I need you to burn the contents when you get back up there. Burn the contents. I, what is it? Just full of Earl Grey tea and like ancient books? Because pretty much whenever you get a a little insight on Picard, he's just chilling reading a book. No, it's Earl Grey hot. It's it's old uh, computer of, uh, Kirk's tales back in the day. Oh. You, you know, he can't. Those are that's some racy stuff. Oh. Mm. man, I gotta say though, Picard knew right off the right off the top of his head when Kirk died. Yeah, didn't even didn't even like he didn't try to grab. Didn't him trip or... nothing. He was just like he was like you died on Enterprise B. Seven, 80 years ago. <laughs> like, well, I thought you went at the end. It's an important no, piece of history. He's like, yeah, oh, wait, you're, you're a famous captain who perished. Yeah. <laughs> this guy knows his naval stuff. Right? <laughs> uh, even Malcolm Vettel's like, I remember I you remember after you, all. You're, you're supposed to be dead. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How did he know about that? It's important information. He's Captain Kirk. I feel like if they were in the Nexus, that they could have had like some crazy Nexus fight, like using like their using dream their like powers. dream powers. Oh, the yeah, Nexus dude. would not allow that. Oh, that's right. It's, it's only all euphoric. It's all positive. Uh, they could have just all hung out together and worked it out. <laughs> that's where the trade negotiations could have happened. I think the Nexus is like heaven. Okay. Yeah, and I think that. Like the idea that of a place where everything is so good and it can like never be wrong, like whatever you want, you can have. Like I think that this is like a sci-fi idea of like what heaven could be. Sure, but the only way you can get to it is on a bunch of perilous rocks, like on a on a a rickety bridge. You have to get hit by a space beam. (laughs) There's a ribbon, okay, that I, yeah. that flows through, okay. and you have to cross the ribbon's path. <laughs> but you're, you got- you're either going to end up in the Nexus, or you're going to end up with powers like the Fantastic Four. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but like, you got to like, you got to, but you have to sit on like a really rickety metal thing and raise your arms up. That was, I mean, I'd do that. I don't know what to say, what to tell you, man. That's like, fine. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not dissing it. It was just, you know, I'm trying to make eight, sure. 80 years of trying to get this to happen and there it is. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's his Ooh. life's work. Fair enough. That'd be funny. <laughs> there weren't very many moments with, like, the other cast members. Can like. We, if they came back in time. To stop Malcolm McDowell, and then Kirk just shoots Pet Picard. Like, oh, we're going back. Oh. <laughs> Make sure you're not going to stop us. I'm trying to think if this movie had been made nowadays, like what what sort of modern like film techniques would they have used, or, or you know, how would they have changed the the, the Kirk Picard dynamic? Well, I feel there would have been more fan fiction between them. Because, like, oh, a lot you know of... they would have started making out? Or no, I'm just saying, like, like because, like, Trek fans... Yeah, yeah, start making out. Yeah. No, because Trek fans are always, like, touting over which is the best captain. 
And yeah. the, the Kirk Picard fight is always like Cisco. Or, yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously. Yeah, man. I mean, he sat next to a wormhole for how long? Mm. He kept that thing. The Dominion kept that thing running. Did Captain Kirk get to punch anyone in this? Did he punch yes, the guy? He, he punched, yeah. yeah, he punched yeah. Sauron. We saw some physical Captain Picard fighting. But he didn't get to kiss anyone. He got to kiss Sauron. Did he, did he kiss his wife in this? No, no we did, he didn't see any ladies. Uh, maybe he kissed uh, Scotty. He would punch <laughs> and kiss everyone in the original series. And I feel like that's part of his M.O., yeah. Well, when Chekhov is introducing that, you know, Sulu's daughter in, in oh. the beginning, he was thinking, like, I'm going to smooch this lady. And then he's like, oh, it's Sulu's daughter. Never mind. Sulu's daughter. They did right. spend some time on that, didn't they? And I cross a line right there. I mean, not really. <laughs> just just a reference for you. See, that's what what you were saying. You were saying they don't spend much time with the rest of the crew. That's, that's what I was complaining. Then, like... I data 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 is so irritating this with his his chip you know like I I wonder if it was a note from Brett Spiner like I want to be able to do something in this movie like so Again. comedic levity comedic levity for the for the riveting you know action packed story we have yeah um there was no cue you right. know so they needed something. It's my least favorite bit. So, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. That's why I don't like you, because he's like, <laughs> I'm a buffoon. When I saw this when I was, you know, 11 or 12 or whatever, like, it, I thought Data was pretty good in it. In yeah. fact, the tiny little lifeform song that he sang at the uh, when he's pressing buttons, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, actually, I felt I felt the Klingons, the Klingons comedy bit was pretty good, too. Um, yeah. I I think I could see yeah sorry yeah I was thinking the same thing about like all right I'll do this but like I was thinking about what the conditions were for people to agree Mm -hmm. and I don't know why like maybe maybe I think it doesn't seem like a normal written episode is it by the same writers from the series who knows I don't know who wrote this um I definitely uh, of of the two Next Generation movies I've seen, this is now my least favorite. Really? I've seen this one and the next one we're going to watch, uh, First Contact, which I feel First Contact is... Uh, the best one. It's an excellent one. Yeah. Um, I just haven't brought myself to watch the other two, mostly because a lot of Trek fans don't really speak very highly of it. I, if I hadn't gone on my mission, I would have gone and seen Nemesis. Because, I mean, I literally saw Captain Picard hyping the hell out of that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, in you, person. You saw Patrick and, Stewart in real life. It was amazing. And he was the one who let everybody down on the fact that it was going to be the final next-gen movie. Mm. Really? And I remember the crowd just being like, <gasps> he's like, it's all right. It's all right. It's going to be great. Like, <laughs> he, was, he was just so energetic. It will be and, like, the best movie you've ever seen. And, he, and it basically, yeah, he was talking it up, and then and then he was like, we're going to watch the trailer right now. Really? <laughs> and we got to see it on the big screen. That's cool. Awesome. That was pretty amazing. That was right before the uh, 2002 uh, Nebula Awards mm. at the at the Worldcon in San Jose, 2002. Oh, cool. I saw, I saw Neil Gaiman uh, uh, get the Hugo for American Gods. Mm. Nice. I'm unfamiliar. 
with any of the things you just... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, really the writer, Rick Berman, only wrote five episodes of Next Gen. But he wrote Generations, First Contract, Insurrection. He wrote 176 episodes of Deep Space Nine. Huh. And is one of the creators. Same thing with Voyager, 178 episodes of Voyager. <laughs> DS9 I don't know. Oh, he did all the movies. Nemesis, and then I tried starting to watch it recently. 137 episodes of Enterprise. Wow. I've watched almost all of Deep Space Nine, but I feel like the fact that there's a couple things about it that just make me never really feel at home with it. Fair enough. Um, and it's probably partially because it's on a station and that kind of thing. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like the writing of Deep Space Nine sounds more like this than, like, next gen to me, mm. for sure. Like, the obstacles the they would run into with, like, rogue smugglers and stuff like that. The Maquis. Rogue smugglers and stuff was definitely a problem they had to deal with in Deep Space Nine a lot. Because they were on a space station, so basically, or a base, whatever. Like, people would be coming through and trying to pull all kinds of crazy stuff. Not really a diplomatic sort of... Well, I guess it, it is, but it isn't. Yeah. In comparison to, to to Next Gen. Yeah. Where I feel Next Gen is definitely more, like, pioneer-based. You know, just like, just essentially, you know, like the original Trek, where they're, you know, going out, locating new places, trying mm. to... Give people like, hey, your society's cool. Why don't you join us in the Federation? Whereas I feel Deep Space Nine is more like all the people you already met in generations trying to cohabitate this like really hot pot area. Yeah. In 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 in, in one sector, it's a different view. Like it's yeah. like these people have to live together and exist together instead of like going from place to place. Yeah. It's an exploration in the other ones. And in that one, it's like people come through. It's a combination of feeling like there's sort of people in charge the way the bridge is. And then there's like, there's this part of it that sometimes feels like an airport where like people are yeah, coming yeah. through with yeah. bags and stuff. Yeah. And then there's this part of it where it's like there are rooms where people live and that's like their house. But. They end up in all kinds of situations because of the airport factor. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just like real life. Yeah, there's some cool things that happen in DS9 yeah. that, that, I, that I enjoyed. Um, you got to learn a little bit more about a couple of these Ferengi fellas. Ferengi, right? No, really thank fun, you. Which are really fun. You start. I I don't like Ferengi. Hey, Quark is cool. But oh, Quark, wow. you get to Quark know. Is cool. You get to know him. Sorry, on Joel. Deep Space Nine, and he does some all right stuff yeah. sometimes. Listeners, Listen up. Listen uh, up. if you want to get a, a Aaron a T-shirt, can you get him one that says Quark, Quark is cool? Quark is cool. <laughs> I'll wear it. Picture. Of Quark. I'll wear it. Yes, something. Like picture. I'll wear it. I'd, I'd like an airbrushed Quark. <laughs> Yes. Ah. If someone, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we should make T-shirts of Quark. I would wear it. You know, one of my friends told me that there's like strict Odo. strict licensing no stuff about drawing Star Trek characters. Oh, I bet <laughs> all those likenesses are like you know so many times over lawyered. She did a a coloring book recently to coincide with an art show she did. 
And she did a page that was like Kardashians versus Cardassians. That's awesome. And it's like a drawing. It's really cool. Ronald D. Moore, one of the other writers, did 51 episodes of Next Gen. Including the new, uh, he also wrote, Moore, Moore wrote, um, uh, what was that show on Sci-Fi Channel? Battlestar Galactica. There you go. And he is the creator of Outlander. Did 50 episodes of that. Oh, boy. That's where I, I was like, I know this guy's name, and that's why. I enjoy I enjoy some of his writing. Not all of it, but some of it. Sure. I mean, it's fine. Like I'm saying, they they, they wasn't just people off the street, dee-dee-dee-dum-dee, or anything like that. You wrote some of my favorite Generations episodes. Mm-hmm. 21 episodes of Generations, Brandon Braga also. So, I mean, it had a bit of grief. Yeah. And it feel I'm like I I do feel like it feels like a longer episode. I do too. People say that as a complaint, but I always get really excited about that, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I like that too. I mean there's there's good and bad about that, but I think the the idea of having like it was always cool when you were watching Next Gen on TV and you're like, Oh, this is a to be continued. Yep. <laughs> I, I remember being like, Two-parter. Mom What's gonna happen? There She's are like four lights. I remember talking to my mom about it and being like, what's going to happen next? And she'd be like, you haven't seen this one before? Oh. And I would be like, no. And she'd be like, well, <laughs> da 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 They all die. <laughs> Interesting enough, um, while I was watching it on Netflix, I was really surprised that a lot of the two-parters were the connectors between seasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the end they, of one- you had a cliffhanger. That's how they kick you in the you that's know, how. The that's how they get you hooked. That's how they make sure you watch the next season. See, <laughs> yes, it's. I mean, we live in a in a glorious area where you can just continue on with the season while you're binge watching and stuff like that. And so, but oh man, that would have driven me crazy. Oh, I mean, it oh me, I'm it sure it does drive me crazy when it happens. Now. I gotta wait till next summer to next find year. out what happened. What if, to... what if it gets canceled? I mean, yeah, <laughs> we had to go outside <laughs> and weeks. live real life when that happened back in the day. <laughs> We had we had like not as many distractions as we do right now. More well, fun as a kid, you know. You can pretend like what you think is going to happen or something like that. We had to go outside and play stickball or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'd go outside and play with our Tetris machines. And <laughs> do that outside, right? I mm. never had a Game Boy. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I should. One of my favorite devices. Should have bought one for myself when I got old enough to realize I could. Yep. But I never did. Oh. Well, maybe you can enter the Nexus and go back in time and get you <laughs> with your with your current knowledge. <laughs> if I could go back in time and tell my younger self something, it would be buy a Game Boy. Yeah. I'll, I'll go wield build up a, a rickety metal platform for you to stand on, and we'll figure out this trilithium yeah. missile thing. We'll get this down. Don't worry. <laughs> It'll have a cloaking device, though, so if anyone tries to, like, stop your missile plan, you can just cloaking device it. Well, <laughs> we'll also yes. figure out a force field, but oh, yeah, but because yeah. we've seen this movie, we'll make sure that we'll make sure there's no spots where rocks have been... The Picard, Picard trying to crawl <laughs> through the rocks, guys! Yeah, I was gonna say, That's we should talk, we got to talk about some of our twice. favorite things from this. But. That was too... Oh. That, we got back to that part again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to go back to when I was in the rocks. <laughs> I got stuck in a rock. Take me back to the part where the shield almost crushed me. Mm-hmm. Of all the moments. Of all the, the moments. Time. 
Mm. Oh, I like the part too where sort like you know Picard's just like testing the shield, throws a rock, and he's like, "Don't you have better things to do right now?" I'm like, no, no, dude, I'm just staring at. I'm you. stuck on this planet too now. <laughs> uh, we're standing sure. in the sun, and there's no shade. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure there are other scenes where perhaps I was a, ta- a bit more tan than I should have been. Looks yeah. sunburned, and I don't like it. Perhaps this is a reshoot, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they've cured sunburns in the 24th century or whatever. Oh, dude, it looked like Picard had been sitting in that sun for a while, it bacon, was, was boiling like a, the hard-boiled egg he is. <laughs> Maybe he'd just come back from the Caribbean or something. Oh, I don't know. That's true. The intensity of the sun is stronger there. I know. Because Be- it's like sun, when you get off the cruise ship, if you're in the Caribbean, they'll be like the sun level is 10 today or like 7 or whatever. And it will burn you in like a flash. Uh Uh-uh. But, um, I thought that was gonna tie back into something when he was like hitting the force field. I thought it was like some plan to get like the Enterprise to notice him or something. Like, like, oh, maybe if he shorts out that 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 uh, electric grid or whatever. <laughs> anyway, no, he had a much bigger plan of crawling through some rocks. rocks. <laughs> they were supposed to teleport him back onto the Klingon ship. He didn't know what was going on. The but Klingons died. He was just trying to find a hole. Yes, I I I remember that part where they died quite suddenly. <laughs> the shiny torpedo flying towards them. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to have some, like, last words because, like, because, you know, Klingons are pretty well known for having some some pretty quick quips mm-hmm. there at the end, you know? It's interesting to me that the, the, the way to get past their defense is simply to find out what the frequency that yeah. their shielding well, would be at. Thank you then... for bringing that up, Joel, because my, my what I was going to say was, why not change the frequency? Wouldn't that then because you've set your weapons to a particular frequency, right? They they stated that yeah. very quickly, of course, to, so that you didn't have time to really think about it. But we've had time to think about it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, why not just reset the frequency of your shield? And from an IT perspective, you would think that the frequency would be changing anyways, like, randomly, so that it couldn't possibly be. Because I was thinking another thing is, like, somebody could make a weapon that would, like, t- multi-shot different frequencies until it's found one. Right. Or, that yeah, makes way so too much sense to have a weapon that would fire random different phaser frequencies in order until until it broke the the, the shield. Should have got an IT like guy a, on this. It's like a walkie-talkie radio channel or something. Oh, I found the channel they're on. I can shoot them now. Yeah, it's like back in the day when we didn't have cable and you were just trying to see if, like, oh, maybe it's a pay channel this month. Ah, it's static. And break through their shield. Okay, let's let's talk. Uh, let's finish this by talking about our favorite moment from Generations specifically. You have a favorite moment from this movie, and was it Data laughing his ass off? Because I will kick you out of the house. He might kick me out of the house anyways. Okay, well, uh, uh, slow mo war falling off the boat. Oh, yeah! Computer, remove the the plank. Yeah. Oh, you said that it looked like he injured himself, though. Oh, well, well the, I didn't yeah. notice that till watching it this time, but, like, when he's scrambling next to Gates McFadden, as as they're both, like, drowning or whatever, like, he his knee kind of comes up out of the water, and it, lo- it looks bright red, like, uh, he, he hit something or, you know. That sucks. No bueno. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't have any facts behind that other than it looks wounded, you know? Red means blood, <laughs> so... <laughs> Maybe they filmed that part in the Caribbean. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Track down Michael Dorn and go ask him if he hurt his knee on hey, that thing. <laughs> yeah. Next time I'm at a convention and Michael Dorn's there, I'll pay 50 bucks to wait in line to get his signatures just so I can... Or 500 or whatever it is now. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? It's pretty expensive, actually. Yeah. Talk to the Trek guys now. I don't. That's okay. That's how they make their money, though. He's a therapist on uh, Castle now, right? (laughs) He was briefly. Yeah. I have... Other than what I've seen with you guys, I really haven't watched much Castle. It was a fun show, but I feel like at some point it got too... It just wore out. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't it? it got less interesting. Sorry, anybody who likes Castle. Do you have a favorite thing about Jiggy, Sarah? Favorite moment? Yes. There were some funny moments for sure. I think my favorite moment was William Shatner falling down the the dummy <laughs> on the metal grate. <laughs> Strap, strapped just, to the middle yeah, grate. Arms and legs out, <laughs> hanging on to the grate. <laughs> this is this man's death scene. <laughs> you can't believe that's his death. Like I was so... I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Even in the theater when I was seeing this as a kid. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. There's no it's way funny. for me to put it's myself funny. in your place exactly, because I was right. never really that... Into Captain Kirk, but and I mean, also I'm I'm older now, so I see it as humorous to see that. But like, oh, it did, yeah. it, I don't find it to be tragic the anymore. It's just a younger version of, of me Captain found it very Kirk. tragic. <laughs> it's a bit. It's it's the only like like the, that's how they made the movie important, as opposed to just a longer episode. Is like this the actual stakes here: losing the Enterprise, losing Kirk. Yeah. Yep. Not once, but twice. Yes. <laughs> gotta relive the greatest... Like, we paid a lot of money for these shots. We gotta show you the Enterprise crashing again. And this is kind of a, a lacking to this movie, is you want there to be more interaction between Kirk and Picard. And I feel like, for me, critically now looking back at this movie, I wanted there to be maybe 20 more minutes of them, like banging ideas together to, like, try to solve things. And I feel like it's more like five minutes of this movie that you really get to see them, like, like, working together. And and just Kirk continually telling Picard he's the captain. It's so funny. Like you're the captain. You're the captain. He kept saying that to the other guy, too. Like, you're the captain. Uh Like. Dorcas. I just think that he, yeah, he. I guess I guess that's its character too though. Yeah. Like Captain Kirk is kind of talks that way. Yeah. I just think it would have been more fun. Well, just only because I've heard a bunch of nerds fighting over who was better. Yeah. It'd be interesting right. to see. I don't care. <laughs> it, it, their their interaction would be more interesting to me mm. just in that sense that how, what what they could do with it. And I feel I feel like it was it was fine enough as as what 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 we saw, but it just would have been greater to see a little bit more interaction. I mean, who would win in a kissing contest? I assume it would be Kirk. I mean, you know, uh, I think Picard. I mean, I don't want to. I'd rather kiss Picard than Kirk personally, but I'm just you know, I don't know how that works. <laughs> My favorite moment is I think I just I really like the opening. Part when we're we're back in Kirk's time with Scotty and and uh, Chekhov, 
I, I like that old uh, original movies feeling. Okay. And I think it does it well enough there. And that's that's also good, that like ridiculous, like, we don't have all the equipment in the ship yet <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing going on in the way. <laughs> I like the way when Kirk keeps standing up and sitting down again and James Dugan's like, is there something wrong with your chair? Mm-hmm. You know? He's not. He's not handling this. It's, it's a joke to him. I think that's my favorite bit, and that's. I mean, that's the very beginning. But I do like, in general, like this movie. Not. I'm not in a rush to watch it again. You know, every every year or so, every couple of years or so, maybe. No. Yeah, I could see myself watching it again too. I liked it, but I, I definitely there were some things in it that you're kind of like of all the things you could choose to do. Why did they choose to do some of these things? Like, yeah. But yeah. I, but I think they they explore a lot of different stuff in the series and in the other movies. So it's not like this was their one chance to, you know, try some stuff out. It's probably in my, in my garage somewhere in a box. But my, my Aunt Sue, uh, once for either my birthday or for Christmas, she used her dot matrix printer. And at the time found a uh early version of the of the script one of one of the one of the revise rewrites or whatever uh and printed it out for me and it includes a lot of really interesting like uh what kirk was thinking about during different moments and like what yeah like like it's almost like a novelization i I guess you could say of the script i got the novelization oh how cool let's let's read it right now to compare Weren't there Star Trek books? Oh, there's a billion of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I remember seeing those in, like, the bookstores that used to be around here that aren't there anymore. <laughs> like, there used to be a bookstore in our mall a long time ago that I would go into and look for, like... Walden? Yeah. I think I used to find, there were like... two. There was youth, Walden and there was something else, yeah. Youth novels or something, like, back in the day. Oh, just at the used bookstore in Ojai. There, there were tons of Star Trek novels in that, oh, that yeah. one show. Right there. They have a section in Burt's mm-hmm. Books. Mm-hmm. Go see Burt's. We live near one of the most amazing bookstores. Bolian? Bolian. That was the server. Oh, okay. That was his name? No, I mean... Is that a species? species? We saw his, like a like a baby Bolian, too, when, when they were uh, evacuating they all, the, the, yeah. the ship to go to the, the, the saucer section. Get rid of that Bolian bastard. No. Yeah. Uh, so, do you like this? I mean, would you watch it again? Are you oh, watch I'll, it again? I'll watch it again. Yeah, it's not I your mean, favorite. I mean, look, it does things in the it, things I enjoy. Mm-hmm. The fact that this ship can separate it it covers that. Yes. You know, that's important. I think it was cool in that saucer form too. <laughs> it's important because, like, they only did it. Like, I have to say, like a few times in the show. Right. Like they did it the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was so say, I think I thought, I, I I thought it was that. really cool that they brought they 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 had to bring. It was probably like a requirement somewhere, like <laughs> on a whiteboard <laughs> yeah. while they're writing the script. Like, and like, separate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to remind everybody that, that, that yes, we can still do this. Mm. What would it be cool if happened in this? Well, it'd be cool if Captain Kirk interacted with them. It would be cool if we saw the ship, yep. you know, come apart again. Mm. Yep. It'd be cool if we saw. Maybe we could have Data, you know, with his weird emotions again. Boo. <laughs> 
Yeah, I kind of get tired of that, too, sometimes. And he's still got the chip in, so am I going to be seeing this for the next three movies? I can't say for the next two of them. I mean, you've seen the first Contact, right? That's the next one. I don't want to say anything. All right. I don't want to say anything. Is it a better movie than Generations? In In my opinion, yes. Oh, boy. Okay, so. First Contact is my favorite. Yeah. Let's wrap it up and, and go into the future, into next week, so we can watch that already. <laughs> you guys think of a lesson that you learned from Generations, Star Trek, 1994, Adventures of Captain Picard in Dickens Land, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And I'll read the outro stuff. Hey, you. Have you got a suggestion or a comment? Please write in to us at pleasedon'tpodcast at gmail.com or message us at facebook at facebook.com slash pdsmios. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, we'd appreciate it if you left us a star or written rating. And if you have a few bucks, you can send it our way at our coffee site at ko-fi.com slash pdsmios. All these links are in the show notes on the episode no matter where you get them from. You want to hear more shows like us? Check out our podcasting network at eartrumpetaudio.com. We just added some new shows, and uh, they said that they're revamping the website, so a bunch of stuff should be available soon that was not previously on there. Looking forward to that myself. As a listener, you should also be excited. Are you excited? Write in today. Why haven't you written yet? Okay, who's got a lesson? That you learned from Generations, the movie brave enough to not kill Data's cat. Thank God. It's a good lesson right there. Mm-hmm. No matter how rickety your, 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 your galaxy-class spaceship is, as long as the kitty cat can survive it, uh, you know, crashing into a planet, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, lessons. What did I learn from this movie? I learned that no one's safe, no matter <laughs> no matter who they are, no matter who you are, or where you're at in the, in the in the Star Trek universe. You know, you never know when some rift in space might just take you out mm. or whatever the Nexus. Yeah. Um, I learned that uh, that Worf has a pretty cool face when he's when he's firing his phaser. Oh yeah. Uh, very serious, kind of, kind of. I don't know how to. I can't replicate that into into podcast uh, uh, terms. In the, Sorry, into an audio form. Audio form, but yeah. his face looked amazing while he was firing his phaser. Well, I see. Uh, I learned that uh, don't don't put your emotion chip in mm-hmm. until you're like sure you're not going to have to do any like. Mission stuff. <laughs> difficult, difficult things that would make you have emotions. Uh, I, but what I really learned was, and and uh, is is when uh, I think it was when Sauron was messing with uh, poor Jordy. Poor Jordy. Yeah. Uh, I learned. I, I, I man, they strapped Jordy down. I learned that uh, no, you know, nobody's normal. Yeah. And that's that's that that was that was the the one thing I learned from this movie. Mm. Who wants to be normal? That was uncomfortable. That was an uncomfortable scene having yeah, Jordy strapped Forge down. George was like tied down, like without clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude just wanted to read a book. Fully yeah. nude. 
It was weird. <laughs> I just want to read a book, and here he is. Didn't you ever think of getting a show his eyes. prosthetic for your eyeballs, you weirdo? Yeah. Which is silly that they say that, because he's had them in, like, in Next Gen and stuff, right? Doesn't he try some different stuff in Next Gen? It's coming up. It's yeah. coming up. You'll see in the next movie. Yeah. Maybe maybe that was referencing it maybe, for the next movie. Maybe. He's got some googly eyes. You'll see. Right. You'll see. Maybe coming up. One's on springs. Yeah, googly eyes. Maybe that's what I was thinking. I'm sorry. No, um, it's all good. It's coming up. Yeah, I learned that Malcolm McDowell is evil. <laughs> in and, any movie? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I learned that... It's very hard to get your footing on a rock cliffside. <laughs> I've learned that from a bunch of movies. Um, but very difficult. It's very centric to this movie, though. <laughs> and, um, like, you're a scientist. Why don't find just a place that's more chill to, like, do your plan? Uh, no. Uh, uh, maybe, or maybe we're to assume the entire planet is just like this. Well, just, he said maybe. that it was uninhabited, so maybe well, that's why. Yeah, but I'm saying, like... What? Maybe there could have been a little bit more level playing field that he could have set his his rickety... His that was not exciting. Up. It was way more exciting this way. Oh, okay. Just on a flat plane. Like, oh, we could punch each other, I guess. But no, they're falling over cliff sides and holding on to railings and... I felt like I was going to slip and fall watching them, but that may be because I accidentally fell down the stairs in my house last uh, night. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, I woke up and Sarah was holding on to this metal grate as it, like, slid uh, down the stairs. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Get her to the Nexus quick! I couldn't help her because my, my, my tummy was stuck in some rocks. Oh my god! I was trying to call trying to get some through a force field in my tummy. So stupid! This is the second time I've fallen down while I'm holding something, <laughs> and I protected the things I was holding instead of like catching myself. Yeah. Like I, I was holding a cake oh. once, and I fell down like like this, like laying the cake down gently. You made the right <laughs> choice. Like I took the fall. The cake was safe. Took the hit. <laughs> um. The other things I learned from this movie, uh, I, I learned that Guinan, Guinan is, uh, Guinan rules. Yeah. <laughs> no, she, she knows, she knows some stuff that other people don't know about. Wow. Yeah. No, she does. She does. She kind of keeps that knowledge to herself. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel the need to. Got to wait for the right time for someone to come up and ask her and be like, "Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that." And this is the right time. <laughs> hey, she knew Mark Twain, dude. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they were buds. They hung out. What I learned from this movie is never trust, <laughs> never trust Riker on a hollow deck. Computer. He's a real. He's Remove a real Joel's chair. <laughs> Take. <laughs> Take off the training wheels. <laughs> and even in the future, people still have photo albums. That's with holograms on them. I mean, they're, they're holograms on the side, right? Like on the outside, the, the pictures themselves weren't holograms, right? No, they weren't. They were um, it was like this: the, the photographs frame. with hologram trims. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's like the authentication things or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they had 
more data on them if you like oh. put them into something like a floppy okay. disk. Yeah. Maybe they're as high tech as a floppy. Maybe it's a disk. digital thing that just makes it look like it Polaroids. An- it could animate the moment, perhaps. Like, yes. like you, were, you were mentioning, like Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, maybe. Animate the moment his nephew died in a fire. We'll see you Aww. next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Bye. Beat me up. Bye. <laughs> Live long and prosper. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. I better not put that in the podcast. Oh, please do. <laughs>